Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and today we have the audio from our October 2017 podcasting meetup, where we talked about podcasts and music with Doug Hoyer, who happens to be the composer of probably more Edmonton podcast theme songs than anyone else on earth. Seen and Heard in Edmonton is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB and you will hear more about ATB and our other sponsor, the Edmonton Community Foundation, later in the show. And now on with the meetup. Uh, Welcome to the 18th Edmonton Podcasting Meetup. Today we're going to talk about podcast music and other podcast related matters with musician Doug Hoyer. Hello. So just to situate us a little bit, tell us um, how you got into music and what your, like the the short version of your musical career. Why I got into music? Probably because I wasn't good at sports. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, no, I started playing uh, guitar a little bit when I was uh, a kid, taking lessons. And then uh, in the, um, in junior high, I started playing bass and bass was my main focus for a long time until eventually I just started playing in bands and stuff like that. And uh, and just kept doing music. Uh, I've always been playing music, even I don't know for all kinds of purposes, whether it be for in a, in a band setting or just for myself, or recording, or sound collage, or all kinds of things. And uh, just in the past few years, uh, just had different opportunities present themselves to do music for podcasts and and other uh, things like that, and some TV and other things. And and it's been um, equally rewarding in a, in a different way. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And you started your musical career in Edmonton, even though you live in the States now. Yeah. 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 Edmonton is, is, uh, is, uh, is my home. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've always been, yeah. Edmonton we keep, home, so. we keep pulling you back. So how did, how did you end up writing podcast music? How did that happen? Uh, the first one that I wrote was for uh, the theme for Pet Sounds and, uh, which I don't know if, if anyone's listened to Pet Sounds, but it's like a, a pet focused, um, uh, podcast that's made here in Edmonton by Sarah Hoyles and uh, it's yeah she basically was looking for um, a main theme and I think uh, I think yeah I think it was just the main theme which we then deconstructed to give sort of like other um, transitional cues that she could use and uh, so yeah I have uh, I have two main people to thank for like sort of like introducing me to the world of podcast music um, and so that'd be yeah Sarah and also Chris here as well um, Chris approached me uh, for doing a project that the uh, the social workers union was that what it was or association something like that and uh, we uh, yeah Chris approached me and, and he was looking for three different themes for to match different moods um, so um, one of them was sort of like the main theme one of them was for sort of more of like a somber tone that some of the stories would have and some would be uh, a bit more hopeful or uplifting and so trying to have music that would match those moods that he could integrate into the show i feel weird talking for him right when he's in front of me <laughs> <laughs> we'll, qu- we'll quiz you more later when we can bring um, you the mic so that and, you can be on yeah so uh, between those two um my first sort of my first two podcast themes i actually got to learn a lot in terms of um what would be useful um thing even some things that i had to con- hadn't considered earlier like free- different frequencies that are good to avoid like um certain frequencies where speech is going to use so if it's going to be used behind the speaking um you know to, to avoid certain frequencies and things like that which was helpful um 
and uh, yeah. What are the frequencies you should avoid if you're doing like sound bad? Well, I should be able to tell you because I've been in school to be a hearing aid <laughs> practitioner all week. I'm, I'm learning to become a hearing aid uh, practitioner. So uh, generally, I would say if we can, if you can avoid between like a thousand and two thousand hertz, not like completely avoid because that would be a weird like um, funnel sound in your music. But uh, <laughs> if you can sort of maybe not have like. Um, some sort of like jingling and uh, sounds in one spectrum or something like that. And you can fix it in a mix. I apologize if I start sounding too technical or something. I don't know what I should be That's okay. Saying, I'll say, stop, Doug. I okay. don't understand what you're saying anymore, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and so yeah, those were sort of the first main entrances. And and, uh, and I've yeah, just like learned a little bit since then. And um, So then coming back to the, to the composing idea, um, what's your... Con- so... Let me back up. I think you there's three kinds of music that you have provided for podcasts. Some is that original stuff that you've done for Pet Sounds and and for yeah, Let's commissioned, Find Out commissioned, commissioned yeah. starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have kind of music that you've written before that might work, and mm-hmm. so that's another kind. And then sometimes you've recorded music, and then someone asks you to license it. Yeah. So, so let's hit each of those three things separately because I think there's different issues that we might want to think about with those. So, coming back to that original composition, what is your conversation like with somebody like Chris uh, Changan Phillips from Let's Find Out when you're trying to figure out what that music should sound like? Yeah, it's so neat that you're here. I guess we could actually just figure this out. (laughs) So, um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I think basically uh, in this case, uh, the podcaster came to me saying, um, you know, I'm looking to get these sort of tones and moods across at different points. Um, and then we sort of go from there. I know that sounds pretty straightforward, but it's uh, you, you think of the context of what the stories you're telling, because you're all telling stories in one way or another. And so you're thinking, what are the range of emotions that I'm telling? If you're having like a really fun podcast about like weekly events, you're probably not going to need like droney dirge music underneath it all. <laughs> but maybe you do. I don't know what kind of events are going on. <laughs> um, but, you know, I don't know. Maybe if you're if you're having a, a podcast about um, people immigration, maybe there's some I'm sure there's a lot of hope, but there might be some some also some some uh, a range of emotions that you might need to explore. And so having like a bit of your own database of, of sounds to, to pull from is probably a helpful thing. So yeah, that was one discussion is, is what, what are we trying to achieve? Um, and sometimes there'll be references. I've had some people say like, I'm really enjoying like these three songs. Not that I want you to rip them off or something, but just for a feel of like, maybe there's like, I can see, Oh, they're, they're all kind of like upbeat or bouncy or I don't know, like there, you know, but just some references of, of, of that you're thinking might work. So one thing a person could do is actually use like dummy music and, and in terms of like music that's getting the feel when you're creating your podcast. Um, so you know what you're trying to achieve. And then when you get your the music that you can use, um, you can just sub, sub it out, I suppose. That might be one idea. Um, when you're I'm going off the rails here. When you're composing, <laughs> not, when you're composing um, a theme, do you write like a whole, I don't know, three minute song with a beginning, middle or end? Or do you know that they're just... They just need 30 seconds for the front and 10 seconds for the end and maybe some stuff in the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah you, you <laughs> pretty much. Pretty yeah. Mu- no, sorry. Uh, I pretty much what you said. You, uh, you write those thing. bits. Yeah. Generally, what I found in most conversations is uh, that they, they need um, just sort of the, the main theme that they can use at different lengths. So not having too much variation. Having a bit, but not, not too much. Because you also don't want to be distracting from 
the, the, the story, the context of what people are really listening to. So one thing I found that I've been doing, I'm not sure if this is successful or not, but what I've, what I found I like doing is I'll write sort of like an A section of the song and then maybe a B section of the song with a slightly different feel, but maybe similar instrumentation and stuff like that. And then I can lengthen these at, at to different, different lengths and, and submit maybe a full piece that's a minute and a half long, or maybe it's three minutes long. Um, and then I can also submit variations. Maybe I loop it a few times between the two themes. Maybe it ends up, I submit it to the, uh, the podcaster and they say, actually, I only like that first 30 seconds and let's just make like a three minute version of that that I can use or something. So it's all pretty situational, but usually I'll try to keep it, um, yeah, not too much variation. It sounds really lazy, I guess. Well, no, <laughs> I don't, I don't want it to. I don't want to put too much work into it, but, <laughs> but but you don't want to distract from from what's going on. Yeah, too much. yeah. Now, for "Don't Call Me a Guru," you didn't start from scratch with when Tyler and Linda came to you for their mm-hmm. um, their theme song. You you kind of had a trunk tune. You had one that you already had written yeah. before. Do you want to just describe what trunk tune means? You. I was tell. We were having dinner, and I was. I was reading Stephen Sondheim's uh, autobiography and he was talking about how that's actually how a lot of Broadway musicals start is you get the lyricist and the and the composer together and the composer always has like at that time had like this trunk full of like music that was like rejects from other stuff. (laughs) Not that yours are rejects from other stuff. (laughs) And it would actually end up sometimes in this show. So no. Yeah. But yeah, that's exactly what's happened sometimes. Um, because some for some projects I'll submit maybe two or three ideas and then they like they'll pick whichever they like the most so then I'll have two leftovers and uh, maybe they'll be a good fit for someone else down the line so that's that's definitely happened um yeah that happened with the radio stuff with uh, when I was doing Terra Informa and um uh, Gaywire I kind of I think I submitted three to both of them and I was like do any of these work for you and they kind of picked whichever they liked and stuff which was kind of neat um what's good for you you can use your surplus it's not just scraps on the floor that you can yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, unless it's really out there and then no one's gonna pick <laughs> it but uh yeah so for uh, don't call me a guru that was actually a piece that i had intended to to use for myself as a songwriter like for a song um but it, then when when they came and approached me about that i thought actually this would probably be a really good fit for that so then from that point i tweaked it and made some adjustments and and uh and uh, there you are do you ever think you'll have like a moment of mourning where you'll say, oh, I really like that song. I wish I could like this. It would go so well with these lyrics that I just wrote. But now you can't because it's the don't call me the guru. Theme uh, song. I think that would be a conversation to have with the podcaster and maybe something to have an agreement beforehand where you say, um, can I, you know, can I use this in it for my own use later at or something like yeah. that, like a non-exclusive use? Yeah. Um, but I guess at the same time, if they're contracting you and paying you, it's just a, a discussion you would have to have with, with those people. I yeah. feel like maybe some would be fine with that. Maybe some wouldn't. It's probably pretty situational. Yeah. Um, like actually with, uh, uh, I did, oh, uh, Clockwork. Oh, Clock Radio. Clock Radio. The McEwen University McEwen podcast. One. That one was a song I was working on and I told uh, the podcaster beforehand that I was probably going to use it for a song. And they said, yeah, that's cool. So. It, that's good. it's a song that's on my last album okay and then the third kind is because you you're a recording artist you have already recorded music and sometimes people find that and like it and ask you if they can use it so mm-hmm. for kicks uh which is a podcast about uh, women's soccer 
they have they let they use one of your a bit of one of your songs at the beginning and a bit of one of your songs at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how, what's the process if somebody wants to license one of your songs? Um, for me, with a podcast, that's just like the cheapest rate because it already exists. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of like a honorarium and more of like just like an agreement of like work being done in some at some end. So, uh, I'm pretty flexible with that. Like. Again, it's situational based on people's budgets. Um, what the audience is, um, like women's soccer in, in in Edmonton, like that's a pretty specific audience. So I, I knew I wasn't trying to be like, all right, like, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's just pretty flexible. With yeah. That. Um, yeah. And uh, if people hear, have a, hear a song of mine that they like and they want to use, I mean, I'm usually all for it. I mean, unless it's the theme of the podcast is something that I morally disagree with or something. Right, but yeah. And you you want them to ask and you want to have oh, the yeah. opportunity to to get paid. Well, yeah. Or I'm, yeah, it, it's all situational. Um, but I would, yeah, being asked permission is definitely uh, a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> and crediting you, right? Mm, yeah, that's helpful. I mean, if someone enjoys it, if you can have a link on their site, that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah. So, so... It's hard to talk about money, but let's talk a little bit about money. So you got it like a uh, look on your face. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, the only because I don't know. I haven't talked to any other any other people who make uh, podcast music, so I don't know if there's like some sort of like um, going scale? rate, yeah, yeah, scale that I'm not aware of, and like undercutting people or something. Like, I don't know. I for me, it's very situational, and uh, in my case, I, I generally just want to do it. I like making music. I like. I also really like goals and structure. I don't know if you any of you like having deadlines with your podcast. Do you have to give yourselves deadlines? Yeah. Otherwise, it probably isn't going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm the same way. And so when I get a, a theme saying, hey, can you make me cry with a piece of music, which I don't know if I've actually been successful at, but like the, the goal of that is really, really enticing to me. So I basically want to do that and, and generally will just be flexible with the uh, the budget and whatever works and because at the end of the day, I want to do it. It might reflect, one thing that's different is it might reflect how many edits you'll get. Like if it's if it's a really minimal thing, I might not, um, it might not be fair to me to, to do a ton of edits and say, okay, can you change this and this? I might say, sure. Or I might only present you with one idea instead of that, you know, pool of three pieces or something. Because that's a lot more work than just making one. So there is like sort of a scale that way um, in terms of how much time I'm going to invest into it. Um, yeah. Yeah want to make it yeah and it depends on whether you know the person and yeah i mean yeah, yeah i guess that's that's true that's uh, an unfortunate side of reality i guess <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean yeah to be frank the like i knew chris and so he approached me i knew sarah hoyles and and she knew my music and approached me so a lot of my first ones were were people that i, I knew and, and only recently have i started being uh, working with people that i don't know so yeah much. Do you want people to come to you and yeah, it's a fun challenge. Yeah. I really love it, and if people if people like what I'm doing and think it's a good fit for them, of course. Um, I mean, I would. I think that's the first step. If they, if they don't really like the stuff I do, then they shouldn't approach me. That's, <laughs> but it's just pretty correct, yeah. pretty logical. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I I love working on projects, so it's okay. always uh, always a fun thing. Awesome. Welcome back to our chat with Doug Hoyer at the Edmonton Podcasting Meetup. But first, a word about our first sponsor. 
This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation, which acts as a bridge between donors and charities to help create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. In October, the ECF released a very important report called Vital Signs, which helps identify the greatest needs to address with funding from the foundation and uncovers a lot of really interesting things about where we live. This year's report focuses on belonging and reveals all kinds of statistics about how connected people feel in our community, and those have all kinds of implications for mental and physical health and well-being for all of us. Now this month, the ECF is going to take that information, identify an area of focus, and then launch a call for charities to apply for grants to do related projects or programs. So you can see it's not just a collection of numbers, although they are very interesting numbers, but it's also the basis for real action. You can learn more about Vital Signs and see the whole report at ecfoundation.org, and it will be discussed on the November episode of the Well Endowed podcast, which you can subscribe to in all of the usual places or find at thewellendowedpodcast.com. We're going to come back to music, but I want to uh, ask you a few more other things because um, I've heard you on a guest on a, as a guest on a lot of podcasts as well. I think you're on Cups and Cakes, mm-hmm. and oh yeah, um, yeah, I guess a couple. Yeah, I know, I've heard you lots because um, and Ad, uh, Adam's um, yeah on the expats talking one. about being in in Athens, right? So I want to ask, what do you like about <coughs> being a podcast guest, and what? Uh, well, I'll just start. Like, what do you like about going on podcast for? <laughs> uh, or do you like it? Or I do don't you just know. Being, are you just I'm, being nice to I don't, people? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, usually I view podcasts as conversations um, that some other people might want to hear, maybe. So, uh, hmm, I've never really thought about it. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, usually it's just I've been asked to go on and I say, "Sure, let's do it." Do you ever notice uh, help? Uh, for as far as like does it help you get the word out do people ever say i heard you on a podcast or am i the only person who ever said that uh i think you might be the only person (laughs) (laughs) no that's not true i've some someone mentioned to me before that they heard me on on uh the expats one right and uh yeah but no i haven't i guess i'm not in like the physical podcast community too much maybe i'm not interacting with people that much that way as a guest or as a listener to podcasts what do you wish podcasters would do better hmm actually this is one my favorite podcast uh is called imaginary worlds does anybody listen to that one yeah i love that podcast so much but his mastering is odd he it's it's way quieter than every other podcast i listen to so i end up having that thing where you have it in your feed and you crank it and then the next one comes on and it's Mark Maron going, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's, that's one thing, I guess, um, maybe I would recommend having a reference for your podcast. So maybe have, say your own personal favorite podcast in, in, um, like as a track, I'm assuming, what, what do you all use to record like garage band or something or audacity? audacity? Yeah. There's Sorry, what was that? Camtasia. Camtasia. I've never heard of that. Interesting. Um, Cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, what I would recommend would be to make a track of like a podcast that you think sounds good and sort of just sort of bounce between your own and that one and sort of just see how are your levels? Does it compare? Um, There's more technical ways to do it than that, but just for to to be aware of it, to maybe try that, that would be a tip. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting um, because I feel like 
my I'm always too quiet and I, I talk too quietly in, in real life and I still talk too quietly on the mic. And there's something about people who have been trained in broadcast where they they got a big voice, right? Elise is looking at me. She knows, like, you're probably trained in that, right? And Indeed. Yes, like that, yeah. <laughs> and so maybe we could all get a little bit better. We don't want to be, like, too fake. You don't want to be <laughs> Troy McClure or something, right? But... That was like my, I used to have a Friday morning show on CJSR and that was like my favorite thing when I first started. Every once in a while, I would just like, for whatever reason, I would pretend to be like Rich Trefry or something. I'd just be like, all right, okay, this morning we're going to have a, and I'd like, I don't know. And then, or like, or sometimes I would just be like doing like, yeah, like the weather little update before I like play the next song and like, yeah, the Troy McClure voice for one, just because I was bored and alone in the booth, I guess, mostly and like, why not? But, um. Yeah. Sorry, that has nothing to do with anything. But <laughs> It's entertaining. Um, what role do you think podcasting might play to fill the gap in coverage of independent music as the alt-weeklies um, wither away and other sources of paying attention to a local scene or mm. independent scene might go? That's an interesting question. I don't really listen to any music podcasts other than song exploder just because i find that just deconstruction of the song really interesting and i often learn a ton from it um but in terms of discovering new music that that isn't really an avenue i've i've uh, gone down and i'm sure it would be although maybe some of you can answer this i think there's some licensing issues with a yeah. lot of things of like yeah. having music so i know cups and cakes has music but they couldn't put their show on like itunes and a lot of other platforms um so i know they've adjusted their show a bit so that they can have like the interviews Mm -hmm. on on the itunes so um so yeah they're in theory in theory but actually i don't know if legally that'll be as easy no i think there's huge barriers to just like having like playing the music but the interviews but the interviews like yeah Yeah. like a local uh arts and culture show things like that yeah i mean i think there's a lot of room for that um it must be difficult to to find the audience though to make sure that you're available and that you can find find the audience to that want to he- that wants to hear, to hear that, that kind of stuff yeah. and is looking for it because I know yeah with the weeklies that's definitely like a thing like um, you know you, you go to it to find out what's going on in town and stuff and I'm sure that podcasts can definitely fill that role I just I myself don't know how that how that's going to happen mm-hmm. I suppose but uh, very well could. We'll be right back after a word about our second sponsor. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by ATB, founding sponsor of the Alberta Podcast Network. I'm here today with my daughter, Elizabeth, who sometimes joins me here to talk about what ATB is up to. Hello, Elizabeth. Hi, Mom. So one of the cool things ATB does is make it easy for you to donate to your favorite charity. So if you go to atbcares.com, you will find literally thousands of local, national, and international charities to support. And when you donate through that site, ATB covers all of the fees so that the charity gets 100% of your money, and it will add another 15% to your donation. What do you think of that? I think that that is pretty cool. And... um for the last few years of my school career, it's been heavily focused on charity and service, so I've really learned to value that. That's awesome. I was looking to see in the in the list what charities are there that might be something our family wants to support, and I found Ringette Scores on Cancer, So, and we've participated in that event before, so can you tell the people what that is all about? Okay, so Ringette Scores on Cancer is a 
ringette tournament uh, set at West Edmonton Mall's ice surface that is also used to raise money for cancer. So the girls get to play in front of way more people than usual, and we get cool specialized jerseys that we get to keep after, and it's all for the good, a good cause, and it's super fun. Yeah, to raise money for cancer research and to raise awareness about all that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the next tournament, the next ring at Scores on Cancer is in January at West Edmonton Mall. And if people would like to support that cause, they could donate through atbcares.com and get another 15% added to your money, the courtesy of ATB. Do you know how much money has been donated to charity through that site this year? Not a clue, but I bet it's a lot. It is. It's $4 million. <laughs> wow. That's a lot, hey? I wish I had $4 million <laughs> to donate to charity. <laughs> I'm sure you'd make good choices. (laughs) Anyway, let's make that number go higher. Visit atbcares.com. Do you guys have any questions for Doug? Um, Yeah, I was just wondering when you got started with all of this and how long you've been at it. Um, I think I probably would have been, like I said, the first one was with Pet Sounds. And so I think that was maybe four years ago, three, three and a half years ago, something like that. Yeah, around then. Uh, and so, yeah, that was the first one. And, uh, yeah, I, we have a funny little clause in our agreement in that um, I, I asked that if she ever got um, a uh, sponsor from, like, a big pet food company, that I get some cat food for my cat. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's part of our agreement. So um, that's one thing. Be prepared to have weird agreements uh, with, with if you ever contract your music out. You, you made that agreement to... Um, to narrow because she's actually on the Antica network which as hello fresh as their sponsor you could have got food for yourself well, at least, uh, <laughs> and then you okay. could have got fed. That, that's all right <laughs> uh, yeah I just, i'm just thinking about my little ones so <laughs> speaking of sponsors not to sorry did i answer your question at all sorry yes okay okay right yes. um yeah speaking of uh, sponsorships uh, do any of you ever like end up like thinking about the sponsors from that you hear on a lot of podcasts like yeah. you're like having like a dream where you're like in the kitchen you're like cooking a blue blue apron <laughs> dish and like and like yeah yeah in your behind standing in your meundies and like falling on a casper couch or something yeah. <laughs> like, like, i don't know it's interesting how they've certain companies have all just sort of got out there anyways okay. john has the yeah. mic okay um you look pretty well fed for a starving artist. So what are the economics of doing well, I, I never said I was starving, sir. I live in Georgia. I live in Athens, Georgia. I'm well fed. Okay. Um, what are the economics like? Uh, can you make a living doing this? No. What's it well, cost I mean, I'm sure some people do. Sorry, I'm sure some people do. I, I don't. No. I, uh, okay. I'm in school to become a hearing aid practitioner um, by distance at Grant McEwen. And one of the reasons I'm here this week is because I had some lab work there. And uh, and in the past, I've had a variety of different jobs that said um licensing music um has has been paying for my school i've actually paid for most of my school through some of these podcast projects and through licensing i had a a song used in a show hmm? Who do you, how do you do that how do you monetize it well um the most recent one was a show called casual on hulu approached me to use one of my songs and and uh and for like 25 seconds and it covered a semester of school 
which is awesome. And I wish I knew how to do that more because they came to me. <laughs> so what I'm planning to do in that case is make a database and maybe email that that music. Do you have some standard agreements you use? Or yeah, there's like a standard use? agreement sheet that they had in that case. But uh, for podcasts, I don't know if there's any sort of standard uh, standard. Maybe there is, but I, I think it's such a it's that range of like hobby to to. Prof- professional you know like there's such a wide range in podcasts that i don't think any sort of standard would make sense t- to me uh, i think it's just a case-by-case thing okay. so yeah. <clears throat> i have a i have another question okay. just following up on the subject that we're talking about i know that uh, karen already asked you about uh kind of like what the costs are um i was just wondering do you have like a cost range perhaps yeah. that you stick within yeah and uh, but again i'm flexible and i feel like i'm still like trying to figure this out but um like um, I recently gave a client like a huge list of like I can do it like you know with again with like three options that I submit to you I can do it with two or one and then the amount of edits and or you can use a sort of at the bottom of that is like you can license a preview previously recorded song of mine and that was like uh, the, the lowest and stuff so, so are you looking for specific numbers yeah, like, you know, if it kind of bounces around or is there is there something that's like a standard range that you kind of say, even to anybody that's thinking of this, it's like, this is pretty much yeah. what, what you should aim for. I, hmm, I, I would, I'd feel uncomfortable saying that on the mic on yeah. the podcast. Yeah. Is that, is that okay? Yeah, we, we can we'll talk, talk about, about that after that yeah. just because I, that could change. And also because I could, I, again, like I said earlier, I would like generally just want to do projects that I'm willing to like be negotiable and flexible and stuff so um we can talk about that after i give you a ballpark of of what i do but i just don't want to like uh you could, you're setting it in stone when you say it on the mic yeah right yeah I don't, yeah okay i directed the mic to chris because i wanted to, to find out a little bit more about your that social work project let's find out well let's that, find out as which well is not, let's find out yeah well either <laughs> one because you you wrote grants to get and and part of your budget was to buy music so can you you talk a little bit about um what you did and how you phrased it sure um so the first podcast that doug and i had worked on was for the alberta college of social workers and um it was called real experts for real life so they they sort of told me what their budget was for this project and i like producing documentary style stuff that was why part of why they'd approached me is they wanted some documentary style stories about social workers um so i knew that to do the kinds of stories that i wanted to do well uh, i wanted to have a good musical palette and to be able to deliver exactly what they wanted i thought it would be best to get original music and i was really nervous about like using somebody's music that was creative commons licensed for something that they hadn't intended um so since doug and i had um worked on those cgsr theme songs i knew that he was like up to the challenge and probably interested uh so yeah that was because they came to me with a budget that i could just fill with what i thought was possible to do i told them okay uh a chunk of this i think should go towards original music composition and licensing and then i can't remember doug if if i told you what i thought was a doable number in the budget and asked you like what can we do for this or if i think actually you asked me and i I think I might have given you a number, but I also had no idea what your budget was, and I didn't want to scare you away. So it was, it's, I, 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 I hate money stuff like so much. It's like, but I want to do this, so like, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I think you came back with with I, I think that worked or something like that. I think, but yeah, 
Um, so yeah, it was, it was it was sort of driven by what is doable with the money that's available, and I don't know. I be, that was really um, helpful when, for future projects to know that okay, original music was very useful because I found uh, there's lots of great stuff out there on free music archive and whatnot, but you're limited by what people have already made um, and what they've chosen to make available. Um, so yeah, it was pretty cool having some custom stuff exactly set for the kinds of uses I needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on that project specifically, I actually got to learn a lot again in terms of I had, I remember specifically I had one theme that I thought would be good, but it ended up being way too busy. It was just, I had a lot of things sort of like hovering around. I thought it was kind of like this like ethereal thing when really having you know, people speaking over it made no sense. I hadn't really been thinking of that context. So that, that project specifically helped me down the line a lot. I think it was like dr- drums, like oh, a drum too. kit yeah. we found in. Yeah, we cut out a lot of the drums and stuff too. That's right, yeah. Do you think that because you have a radio background, it's easier for you to imagine what you need in terms of sound beds and audio and stuff? I guess you don't know what it's like to not know what you know. <laughs> I, I, I actually, I, I do feel like uh, the podcasts that I've listened to that are more documentary style have helped me more. I'm also a big fan of Imaginary Worlds, um, and I found that really instructive because he does a thing that I've heard people tell you never to do, which is um, to use a lot of music as sort of wallpaper, um, like t- emotional wallpaper to sort of hold a feeling for a listener. And uh, I liked that aesthetic mm. <laughs> um and and um obviously this old, American scale, life old school radio people will say that's a total no-no right? yeah like, that i've i've heard that i've seen that written down like mm-hmm. don't use music as wallpaper and um uh, when i teach my volunteers at cgsr i tell them there are different schools of thought but i personally mm. like sometimes using the wallpaper technique right I'm this is kind of a a little bit off topic but um some projects that i've done in the past i would often like use like um like found sound and i'd ha- i used to carry around this tape recorder and like secretly record my friends in embarrassing conversations and then i'd like chop that up and stuff like that which sounds really weird but um but <laughs> i would i would sometimes put that in oh, and like you integrate it with with music and stuff and it like it can make the most mundane mundane conversation about not knowing how to speak french or something and i remember using that a conversation a friend talking about that over some music that all of a sudden sounded so poignant and and beautiful um so yeah i think having music underneath text can really shape the the direction and the feel of of what's being said completely awesome yeah go ahead yeah Jaden. i just have like questions about the actual process of mm-hmm. making your your tracks so um, when you're making music for podcasts, are you using virtual instruments or are you like playing instruments going into a box and into your computer or are you in a studio? How do, how do you do it? So I, I have like a very minimal home studio. Um, and I've found that for podcasts with the amount of edits that I have to do and, um, amount of like shifting of how many times something happens in the length and stuff doing mostly, um, virtual instruments has been helpful and then still some direct in. But uh, the I did a, a TV show theme for a show called Felt Up, which was like a grotesque puppet show. And um, that at the time, I, w- I was re- using these like old like Value Village keyboards and stuff like that. So I couldn't record it um, digitally. Like I was recording digitally, but they weren't digital instruments. And there'd be like edits where would be like, 
this is good, but I need it faster and, and change this thing or something. And I was like, okay. And I had to record the whole thing from scratch. Um, I, now I know more techniques that I could probably could have changed, not done that, but I, the edits on that one was a lot of work and, uh, yeah. So, so it, it depends on the, on the context, but generally I, I use a lot of yeah virtual instruments, um, that I might not necessarily use as much in my own music, but just for the, the ease and ability and, um, the range that you can get, um, for, for podcasts, uh, I tend, tend to do that. Okay, cool. Um, and, uh, do you have any other te- uh, specific questions or? Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Doug will be able to hang around a little bit afterwards to answer questions as well. I think, I hope, yeah. um, thank you so much for talking to us today. Uh, so the, for the people in the room, Doug is playing tonight. The Doug Hoyer string quartet is playing tonight. Yeah. At St. Faith's church, uh, over the past few months, I've been working on some of my songs, uh, for string quartet arrangements and figuring that out. And it's been a really fun challenge. And I feel like this is going to be like a new direction of things that I, pursue and i'm really excited and we've had rehearsals and as of last night it started to really sound great <laughs> so, <Yay>! <laughs> so <laughs> um, it's at saint fate's anglican church um he's with john common john common and uh prince bunny and other players i understand mm-hmm. and doors open at seven and tickets are at the door right uh yeah um so i'm going and i think it will be fun Otherwise, if you're listening on the podcast or if you can't go tonight, you can find Doug's music, including a trio of quartets. It's like It's beautiful, beautiful music. Oh, I really love it. Um, you can find that at DougHoyer.BandCamp.com. And we'll link to that in the show notes at SeenAndHerdDieg.com when we put this audio out next month. And many thanks to the folks at Castria for recording and editing this. And you can find them at WeAreCastria.com. I am still working on when the next Edmonton podcasting meetup will be. There's just a lot going on in November and December, um, but I'll let you know as soon as I know. It'll be on the meetup page, and it'll be in the Seen and Heard in Edmonton newsletter and the Alberta Podcast Network newsletter. Last time in July when we were here, I told you about this Edmonton podcast directory that Brianne and I have been working on, and I still haven't got it up, but I will, and I, I just need time. Anyway, stay tuned. It's coming. And even though I just said I have no time, I have insanely started a new podcast. (laughs) Uh, It's with my daughter, Elizabeth. It's called That's a Thing. And and she explains to me what the youngs are up to in in this podcast. And so it's going to come out monthly. And we're going to put our our pilot episode out on the Seen and Heard feed on Monday. So I love your feedback. Be nice to her. Be mean to me. And uh, thanks for coming. Thanks for tuning in to the Seen and Heard in Edmonton podcast. You'll find links that we mentioned in the show notes at seenandheardyeg.com and you can subscribe there to the newsletter as well. It comes out every two weeks and lets you know about the latest podcast, the latest news, and lots of other things. Many thanks to Variant Edition Comics and Culture for hosting our meetup and donating a door prize. You can learn more about this terrific store at variantedmonton.com. Thank you to Cafe Rista for catering the meetup. Cafe Rista serves locally roasted coffee and delicious treats, and you can learn more at caferista.ca. And thank you to Castria for recording and editing this podcast. Learn how Castria's award-winning podcasters can help you at wearecastria.com. And remember, you can find us and all of the other uh, members of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB at Alberta Podcast. 
CKUANetwork.com and on the CKUA app, which you can get at CKUA.com slash app. Thank you for listening. Thank you.